Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have you back. And today we're going to talk about a topic that's hardly talked about. So let's get into it. I'm Tanya. And I'm Michael. And we're going to talk about fasting. It's not a topic that we hear so often about, but it's something that we truly need to do as believers of Jesus Christ, followers, those who desire that intimacy with the Lord. And a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast regarding prayer, and I believe that prayer and fasting go hand in hand. So we had to talk about fasting. So let's define what fasting is. Yeah, and I I like how you definitely point out that fasting and prayer go hand in hand. Certainly you can pray all the time without ceasing, without always being in a fast. But when we fast, the purpose of fasting is really to focus more on prayer. And yet it's one of those things that a lot of believers, even strong believers, rarely do. And a lot of churches rarely talk about, which is kind of interesting. Um, Donald Whitney, in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, points out that fasting is the most feared and misunderstood of all the spiritual disciplines, and a lot of churches don't even teach on it. Yet, we see fasting throughout the Old and New Testaments as a way to pray and to pray fervently. And so, you know, why aren't we doing more fasting as believers? Why aren't churches calling for church-wide fasts more often? And so we want to spend some time talking about that and make sure we at least know what exactly is fasting. Well, in the Bible, the biblical definition of fasting, the traditional definition is to go without food for a period of time to focus on prayer. In the Greek, nesteia, and in the Hebrew, tesum, it simply meant to fast, to abstain from food, to go without food, to focus on prayer. And so that's simply what fasting is, to go a period without time, without food, to focus on prayer. Yes. And that is a very difficult thing for people to do because like you were saying, when people hear the word fasting, they get afraid because it is something that we have to give up of ourselves, giving up food is a very difficult thing to do. It really is a faith walk. So when we think about why believers fast, it's because we want a deeper intimacy from the Lord. We want to hear from Him. There's a difficult decision that's being made and we need direction. And there's a dependency to know that God, who is creator of all things, can hear us. And to be in a fast and to be praying at the same time is to be without basically needing God, needing the Holy Spirit to guide and to have a clear mind to hear the voice of God through his word. There is an intimacy and there's a deeper relationship that bonds God and the believer when there's fasting and praying. And you see that throughout the Bible where people were just so dependent on God to move. God loves when we pray. Our prayers become an incense to him. But when we fast, there's a desperation. There is a surrender of my own self, my body, the temple, and it is expecting the Lord to see my heart in this moment of fasting and to allow him to transform me to be dependent on him, not 
food. And of course, I just want to mention when we initiate any kind of fast, depending on your health, it is always important to consult a doctor because we are not doctors. We depend on God when we seek him through fasting. So I just want to make sure I put that out there because we definitely are supporters of believers fasting because that is that brings such an intimacy between God and the believer. But we want to also make sure that you're careful and that you're consulting a doctor. The purpose is not necessarily to, to put your health at risk unnecessarily. They certainly want to make sure that you're within the bounds of what you're able to do medically and such. But the purpose of fasting is to afflict the body as a way to acknowledge that I need to be with you, God, more than food, more than the air to breathe, more than thirst and hunger. It's the cry of my soul for you is greater mm-hmm. than the cry yeah. of my stomach for food. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to feed or often overfeed the body, yet we malnourish the soul. And fasting is an acknowledgement that the opposite should be done, that I just, I need you more than my hunger pains. I need you more than the air to breathe. You are what sustains life. I mean, we get that when we see Jesus, when he was fasting from food for 40 days. I mean, you're going to get to the brink of death if you're fasting for that long, for 40 days. And he's tempted by the devil. And the devil says, you're the son of God, or if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And the response from Jesus was out, you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I mean, what is he saying there? It's like those hunger pains I'm feeling, we should have those hunger pains for the word of God, those hunger pains to just spend time with God in prayer. We should long for that more than anything. It's it's a way for us to really focus on prayer with fervency and effectiveness and intentionality. There's just something about when you fast that it focuses your prayer. You spend more time with God, more quality time with God. We see in James 5.16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's a way to pray fervently. And as Isaiah adds to that, we are to deprive of material pleasure and repent in order to make our voice heard on high. Not that this is works-based, but this is something that you have to do for God to hear. But there's a difference between praying hard and fervent than just praying half-heartedly, mumbling a prayer real quick while we're really concentrating on something else. God is like, you're not even paying attention to me. Your mind is elsewhere. And fasting is a way to just focus the mind, deprive the body of all these other needs of constantly sustaining the body. And let's just focus on sustaining the spirit for right now. And any hunger pains that happen just makes us focus even more on how those hunger pains should be even more for the word of God and for prayer and to be with him. So I'm going to give some more examples of some biblical fast because it's really good to have that as a grounding from the Old Testament to the New. And you mentioned Jesus, which is our ultimate example, 40 days is a lot to go without food. But when we think about Moses, Moses fasted on Mount Sinai 40 days while receiving the stone tablets of the law. Um, And that was in Exodus 24, 12 through 18. He fasted. And just reading that, he went up to the mountain, came down 
saw the wickedness of the people as they were worshiping the golden calf. And he broke the stones, basically went back up and fasted another 40 days. And so that's like a total of 80 days. And I'm like, wow, that is a supernatural, Holy Spirit, God-driven type of fast. And it wasn't only just food. It said he fasted food and no, water. Yeah. That was definitely a supernatural fast. You cannot go two 40-day periods without food right. and water. Right. And so that is definitely a Holy Spirit-driven, God-ordained type of fast. Then you've David. There was several instances where David and his men fasted in mourning for the death of Saul, Jonathan, and those who had fallen by the sword in the battle against the Philistines. That shows integrity. David fasted for someone else. He fasted. He also fasted for when his son was sick and he was going to die. He fasted. And when he knew that his son was going to be gone and taken away, he basically got up and wiped his face. And that was uh, a fast that was very, um, very hard to do. And that was in Second Samuel chapter 12. And then we have other examples of Nehemiah fasted and mourning over the remnant in Jerusalem who were greatly distressed and under reproach and confession of the sins of Israel and in petition of God for mercy and favor in the eyes of King Artaxerxes. And then, Michael, you mentioned Esther. That's a famous fast for three days. She proclaimed all her people to fast for three days before the king. So that was a definite fast. You also mentioned Daniel. Joel in chapter 1, 14 through 15, and in chapter 2, God commanded Israel to fast and called a solemn assembly in order to repent and plead for mercy before coming of the day of the Lord. And you've got Jonah. Jonah is a huge one. Jonah went into the town of Nineveh and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> he was trying to run away from God. He comes in and he tells people, repent of your sins because of the wickedness. And basically the people came in and the Ninevites fasted. They called a fast. They all repented. The king repented. Everybody repented and they fasted. And Jonah, of course, was shocked. But they fasted because they knew how serious it was that God was going to destroy them. And of course, you've got one of my favorites is um, Saul before he converted to Paul. When he saw Jesus on the road of Damascus and he went blind, he went without food for three days. He did not eat. In that moment, he was probably like thinking, wow, I just saw the son of God and everybody that's been persecuting Jesus, me, Saul, I can't eat anymore. And so now he doesn't eat until Ananias comes and touches his eyes and then he gets baptized and it eats. I mean, so there's wonderful examples of men of valor and women who fasted. And so those are examples for us to really take and believe that these men and women, they trusted God. They believed that God would move during a time of fasting because their hearts 
we're in the proper place. And I definitely want to talk about the demeanor of our heart, the the way our heart should be surrendered before entering in a fast. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the main reasons to also fast. It's a way to humble ourselves before God, almost a, a version of putting on sackcloth and ashes is a way of denying um, our physical needs in order to focus on the spiritual needs. It also frees up time for prayer. There's a lot of time that's taking up for preparing for meals and thinking about what the next meal is going to be and even the act of actually eating the meal. But when you don't have all those meals to prepare, that is a lot of time that instead of doing that, you can focus on prayer and spend all that time in prayer. It can also expose idols in our life as we see that, oh, wow, I really do desire some of these other things as I'm getting these hunger pains and I can't stop concentrating on food or I'm denying other things like the Internet and TV during fasting. And I'm like getting withdrawal symptoms from that. And I'm seeing how much my focus daily on a constant basis is on these other things, on all these physical needs and how I am denying what's most important, the spiritual needs. Thou shalt not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And in my doing that, it really can help expose some of those idols that we may have in our life. You know, we use it for times to focus on crises, big decisions, focus prayer for spiritual guidance, uh, special circumstances for like praying for salvation for a particular friend or a relative. It's just a time for fervent, focused prayer. Like when Esther called for the fast to pray for three days without food and water because she's going to go before the king. It's also a spiritual discipline for just coming closer to God. We see examples in Acts when they were appointing elders. It's like, let's spend some time in prayer and fasting. Or when the man with the child, with the son, with epileptic seizures, he came to the disciples for prayer and healing, and they were ineffective. And Jesus Mm -hmm. prayed for him and rebuked the demon, and the demon fled. And the disciples were like, what happened with us? How come we couldn't do that? And he said, "Um, "If you, it's because of your lack of faith. If you have faith just as small as a little mustard seed, you can move mountains. But he added, however... This kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a way that we can build up our faith by spending all this focused time with God. I mean, we can let focused time with God get away from us and not realize how much time we're spending just in everyday survival and running for here and there and and being a taxi with all our kids and going to work and and not realizing how little time we are spending with God in focused prayer and in his his word uh, until we actually do it and actually spend that time. And we, we realize when we, when we start having those hunger pains and withdrawal symptoms from the phone and we're worrying about all this stuff that we think might be getting from us. Yes, you bring some great points up, and I think that we need to really evaluate our hearts. And so I just want to talk about a couple heart checks that I was thinking about as I've fasted in the past. So first I would say, you know, how is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? Like, is your heart humbled? Are you willing to surrender and listen to the deep devotion that you're about to do, like you are going before God. So what is your heart condition? Are you fasting for yourself? Are you fasting for a great purpose? You know, second, I would ask, you know, why do you need the fast? 
Is there a specific reason? Do you have something that is pressing that requires an answer from God, an answer where you are just unsure and that you need to make sure that you're praying about this. I always say pray before fasting. There has been many a times in my journey as a believer where I have prayed before fasting and there's been many times where I've prayed and it's the answer is no, don't, don't fast right now because your heart's not right. And so we need to make sure that that is, uh, really important that we're praying about what we're fasting about. Third, I would ask yourself, can you remain committed? Commitment is huge. To commit to something is getting an, a final outcome. And I'm not saying that, you know, when we're fasting, God's going to give us the answer in three days. I mean, he could, just like with Daniel, it took 21 days to get an answer, or you may not get an answer for years down the road. Our expectations need to be pretty much put to the side because this is God, God of all creation, who's going to have that relationship with us and that deep communion during fasting. But can you give it up? Can you give up whatever it is that you are trying to give up, the food, um, like you mentioned, technology, other things that could be grabbing your attention versus God, but commitment is key. It's just like, will you commit? The fourth thing I was ask you is how long you intend to fast. There's different time frames that you can fast. You can make your own time frame to fast. You know, are you going to do a twelve hour where you just don't eat uh, during the day and then you eat at night? Is there a twenty four hour fast that you're going to? Uh, commit yourself where you just drink either liquids or you just have um, like a Daniel fast salad. What kind of fast is available for you to choose from? And then you've got three day fasts. You've got seven day fasts. You've got the 21 day fast. You have 40 day fasts. There's a lot. You could do a fast where you do once a week, a whole day. So there's a lot of things that you can tailor to your fast, but really understanding how long are you fasting? And you have to go back to really understand in, in your prayer time, Lord, how long do you want me to fast? Why do I want to fast? What is my heart condition? All these things. And then lastly, I would ask, yeah, what type of fast are you going to do? Are you going to do a liquid fast? Are you going to do a, a fast where you just have vegetables and salads, kind of like that Daniel fast where he just ate just the vegetables and God gave him more strength than the men that were eating the meat? Or are you just going to do a fast where you're giving up something? Uh, a lot of times I've seen people fast from the internet or fasting from candy or sweets, like you mentioned. But if we want to go deeper and Again, it all depends on your medical condition and the state of what you can do physically. But, you know, really it's sustaining yourself from food. And I think internet fasts are great. It really is a great thing and, and people can have more of a clear mind. I do suggest, even if you're fasting without food, to kind of restrain yourself from internet. But really it's about the food. And I'll just share a quick experience in fasting. And when I share this, it's not about me. This is about my spiritual walk and journey. But I've fasted 
many times during my journey as a believer, and there's been some 40-day fasts where I've fasted and it's all conditioning, right? It's exercising, just like prayer. The more you pray, um, the more you can feel more comfortable about praying, but the more you fast, you become a little bit more comfortable. There's also that uh, we have to make sure we're checking our heart that there's no arrogance there, but there's been fasts where I started out 21 day fast and 40 day fast, but I was not conditioned. My body was not conditioned to where I was eating um, not that great food, healthy food. And I knew that God had called me into a fast. And by the third day, I remember telling my husband, Michael, that I don't think I can do this because my mind, there's so much the enemy attacks you. And when we deprive ourselves from like, for example, like if we eat bread all the time and we give up bread, there's definitely a craving in the body. The body is desiring to have that bread and you begin to feel almost sickly. And I remember that night specifically where I was like, I can't, I don't think I could do this. My mind, the enemy is attacking me. I could just go downstairs and have bread. And I I remember so badly. And I was like, okay, I just need to go to sleep. Lord, please just help me go to sleep so that I can wake up the next day and start. But there's a breakthrough. Once you hit that breakthrough, I think it's like seven days if you're doing like a 21 day fast, then it becomes a little easier. I'm not saying it's like super easy, but it's that first day because you're getting rid of a lot of those uh, cravings that your body is so used to and that you take for granted. It, it is a challenge, but you know, with God's help in prayer, I, it really is a battle and it, it becomes more of a focus about yourself. You're focusing so much about what you need so desperately. You're like, I need that bread. I need that sandwich. I need that pasta or I need that soda, whatever it is that you're craving. That is all that you're thinking about. And that's where the enemy wants you. So then you just give up and you just go because this is attack. This is a spiritual war. When you fast, you enter into a war. And I want to make sure that all of you know that that is what's happening because you are drawing in a deep intimacy with God, our creator. Yeah. And you make some great points there. I like what Donald Whitney says. Fasting is like playing an instrument. It takes regular practice, but becomes more enjoyable over time. It's one of those things that if you're just starting out, you have never fasted before and you want to try it, give yourself a little grace. Realize the first time you try this, what's probably going to happen is your hunger pains are going to overwhelm your prayers. And you're going to wonder why in the world do we fast along with praying? How does this focus more on praying? It seems like all I'm focused on is these deep hunger pains. This doesn't make any sense to me. You got to work through that. It's one of those things. If you're first trying out, it's it's something to work through and it becomes more enjoyable over time. And you start to see how you become more focused on prayer through this, through the hunger pains. But if you're just getting started you know, give yourself a little grace, start off easy, maybe just fast one meal and try that for a while. Um, maybe the next time you might just eat fruits and vegetables and, and fast other things, or you may then go to fasting just during the daylight hours. And after that, maybe try a 24 hour 
fast. My point is don't just start off with less. Let me start off with a five day, no food and water fast right off the bat. When I've never fasted before in my life, you're probably going to be overwhelmed with hunger and not understand the purpose because that's all you're concentrating on. And you're going to probably give up. Got to, you got to start easy, uh, work yourself up to these things and go from there. And then you'll see how it, later on it kind of becomes more and more enjoyable, like playing that instrument and practicing. It's hard to practice an instrument when you're not any good at it. But once you start becoming good at it, it just becomes more and more enjoyable. And you start seeing the purpose for, for all that practice. Because we, we see different types of fasting in the Bible. Traditionally, it is no food for a period of time. But we see examples, other examples of partial fasts, like Tanya, you alluded to about the, the Daniel fast where he fasted on all the king's delicacies and said, I don't want to eat all these delicacies that are offered to idols. Just give me fruits and vegetables. So we see a version of that where people just do a Daniel fast where they fast on just eat fruits and vegetables for a time. We see what's called an Ezekiel fast where Ezekiel prophesied against Jerusalem by laying on his side for a year and just eating bread. And so a type of fast that people may do is an Ezekiel fast where maybe we just eat bread for a time or some do just a liquid fast, anything that I can blend up and turn into a liquid. These type of things, this is the things you can do also if you have medical reasons that prevent you from just not eating, you know, if you're in the middle of a pregnancy and the doctor says, yeah, you can't go on any kind of fast. You got to feed your baby at the same time. It's a way of still giving the nourishment that you need medically, but you're still depriving the body of food that you normally eat. And I tell you, I've had been on fruit and vegetable diets for a while. And after a few days, your body just starts to crave the meat and fried foods and processed foods that you normally eat. So you still get that fasting feeling and allows you to fast longer too. depriving yourself of food. You know, the survival rule is you can only be without food for three weeks. You can only be without water three days before things start to turn really bad. And so you can only go but so long without food and especially without water. But when you do a Daniel fast or an Ezekiel fast, you can go for long periods of time with the same kind of hunger pains while still nourishing the body if you have medical reasons for that or a way of also just getting started. You know, the important thing is to just do it. I mean, it's it's done in the Bible. It's a way of focusing your prayer and being fervent. In in the Bible, we see where they had uh, national fasts, where they called for a fast of the whole nation, like for the Day of Atonement. It was a 24-hour fast from sundown to sundown the next day or times of national crises when like when Esther called for a three-day fast to pray about the Persian government about to annihilate the Jewish people. And then we also see private fasts where you can do fast whenever you choose. And at the time of Jesus, there was a tradition where they started to, to fast regularly twice a week on Monday and Thursday during the daylight hours. It's just a set way. And what's what's good about those different types of fast is it makes sure that it happens. You know, if you have a set day every month, I'm on a fast on this day then it's a spiritual discipline to where you make sure it happens. Whereas if you just do a fast when you feel spirit-led, it can be kind of surprising how long we can go without fasting and how 
maybe we're not in tune to our spiritual condition as we are more consumed with the everyday routine of life and we don't don't realize how we've kind of lacked that fervency and now we don't feel like fasting and having some kind of routine of fasting helps us do that spiritual checkup as it were, to kind of where am I spiritually? How am I connecting with God? Am, am I more uh, in tune to providing my for my own physical needs more so than I'm providing for my spiritual needs and not living by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God and spending that time in the word and in prayer? I agree with everything that you said. And I do want to read this uh, verse here. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Isaiah 58, 3. This is such an important verse because there have been several times in my walk as a believer where I have fasted and I do not uh, believe that it was the appropriate fast. And it was for my own self. And so we have to be really careful in those heart checks that I mentioned earlier that we really need to make sure that we are understanding the reasoning why our fast. So basically we need to know how is our heart? What's the condition of our heart? Why do we need to fast? And what can we give up? Are we committed to do this? And how long are we planning on fasting? And what type of fast will we do? All these things are really important for us to know to make sure that our hearts are checked before we move forward. And also, I wanted to share as we prepare to end this podcast, I do want to share a personal experience in our fasting journey together as a couple. And I I do uh, recommend, you know, if you're married and you're listening to this, it's a beautiful thing for both husband and wife to fast together. I believe that it really draws you closer together and it helps you to understand one another in a deep way. There was a time where Michael and I, we were pregnant with our, I believe it was our first baby and it was our first loss our first miscarriage, and it was really difficult. But during the time uh, when we went and got a checkup at the doctor, the doctor basically told us that we would probably lose the, the baby pretty soon over the next couple of days. And we had such deep faith. We prayed and Michael was already in a fast at that time. We were fasting for God's best because we knew signs were happening. And so he began to fast. And because I was pregnant, you know, I was fasting in a different way, but he was fasting when the doctor pretty much said in a couple of days, you'll probably have a miscarriage and uh, then you can see about having a baby later. No, no uh, sympathy there for a first time pregnant mom. And so we came home that day and we basically cried to the Lord and remembered this verse and we prayed to the Lord this verse. It was 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15 through 23. And it says, then Nathan went to his house and the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. 
David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground, and the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He's dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worship. He then went to his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then the servant said to him, what is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you rose and ate food. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. And I thought that was so beautiful at the time. We prayed that prayer and realized that, you know, we are not in control. The Lord gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, as Job says. And we looked at each other and we trusted, even though our hearts were broken and we knew what was going to happen, we trusted the Lord. We basically said, how can we continue to weep? We will praise him and he will provide. Yes. And that was a, a very deep example and very personal one with us. But And it shows also that this is not a magic formula. This is not a way of getting God to hear our prayers per se in in a way that's, that's works-based, that, that I have to pray uh, in sackcloth and ashes and without eating in order for God to hear all my prayers. He hears all our prayers. The point is to help us get in that spiritual condition of being more fervent and effective and intentional with our prayers. It's a way to focus us on our prayer and to spend more time with God, more quality time with God. It's just acknowledging to Him, you are more important than even food and water and the very air that I breathe. I need your word. I need to pray with you and be with you to sustain life, that I want to focus more on my spiritual condition than on my physical condition. I'm going to deprive my physical condition so I can focus on my spiritual condition. I love the example of two lumberjacks, an older guy and a younger guy that were cutting down trees and cutting wood. And the one older lumberjack was taking 15 minute breaks and the younger lumberjack was upset at him until he saw that the older lumberjack had a way bigger pile than he had of wood. And the younger lumberjack asked, how could this be? How in the world do you have more wood than I? You kept taking 15 minute breaks. I worked straight through without a single break. And the older guy smiled at the younger one and said, well, it was during those 15 minute breaks that I was sharpening my axe. That is what fasting does. Mm. It sharpens our axe. We may think we don't have time to fast. We don't have the strength to fast, 
But God calls us to fast Mm -hmm. during times where our church really needs to focus on prayer. How do we focus that? Let's call for a churchwide fast. Mm -hmm. You know, we got times where a doctor tells us a bad medical prognosis. That's a time to really focus on some prayer and let's fast. Let's put aside our physical needs and focus on our spiritual needs that we need. God, we need you, Lord, more than we need food itself. And that's a way to just really focus our fervency. It gives us spiritual wisdom and strength for life. It brings us closer to God, the Holy Spirit, the great helper who we need more than anything as we just spend focused time with him and deny the physical pleasures of this life. Well said, and that is exactly what we need. We need him more than anything else. He sustains our life. And what can we do? We can give up food for a day and be in communion with him. And so us sharing our experience to even mothers right now who have had loss, those moments were very difficult for us. And there are more stories that we would love to share. But in this particular moment, that fasting stands out to me so much so in my journey because we trusted the Lord. It was not an easy moment in time, especially with the loss of a baby. That is not something anyone wants to experience. And so those that have experienced that, I, I'm with you and I understand what you've gone through. And I know that the Lord has a bigger purpose. There was many times I, I asked why, Lord, And he's brought great peace in my heart over the years. And so I just want to encourage you that don't lose hope. When we fast, the answer may not be right away, or it might be, but it's really not about getting what we want. It's really about having that deep, intimate relationship with the living God who knows all things who already knows how you're going to fast. He knows what areas that you're going to be struggling with. He knows everything. And so we give our life as living sacrifices. And in that, we trust him when we fast. And those moments are hard in fasting, especially those first couple days if you haven't fasted before. But if you press on and read scripture, memorize scripture, say it out loud, speak, you will get through it. And it will be such a great encouragement to your life and it will increase your faith. And so we just wanted to talk about fasting, encourage you in fasting, and hope that as you go down this journey of fasting, you know, reach out to us, send us a message uh, on our Color Mania page. We would love to hear from you and we would love to be able to help you in those experiences as you are fasting with whatever we've experienced. But we definitely encourage it and it is an important part of our walk. And with that, we will end our podcast and we hope that you're encouraged and we pray for those who are listening. Again, we are so grateful for you. Truly blessed. Until next time. God bless.